Are we on? Fuck you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> I'm out of here. Weasel. No bullshit. My point of view does not necessarily equal that of the no bullshit news hour. Let's just end breaking news. Double or bullshit. Double or bullshit. No bullshit. Yo, yo, yo. What up? Share, share, share. Is that right? You got it, yeah. Where's Red when you need him? I'll tell you where Red is. He's down south. Mm -hmm. Taking some bullshit. Getting ripped off, being put down. Red called me up and was crying. What? Red's on a comedy tour of the Deep South. Detroit comedian Red. A comedian crying? Yeah, sad, sad clown, man. You know why? Because it's no secret, anybody that's watching. Red is half white, half black, completely raised black, and he's catching shit down there. Huh. You know, Karen, me and you, mixed people, it ain't easy. No, it's not, Charlie. And sometimes, like you said, it's, it's from the people that you consider to be your own. Uh, it happens. And you know what? There ain't your own. Your only own is your family and your friends. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that what we're learning? Every day. That's true. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Karen. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, Charlie and everybody. I appreciate that. Thank you. How <laughs> old are you? Keep going, Charlie. You got a show to do. Let's go. <laughs> are you? You're 31 times two. Oh, no, I'm not. a year or two. Three. I got you something. Are you ready, girl? Are you ready, my most elegant friend? You see those flowers in the background there? Yes. I sent you those. Did you really? No. Okay, they forgot to put your name on them. Yeah, okay. they did. I mean, my mother used to be a florist. That's right, yeah. And so always, listen, if you're going to send a beautiful woman like Karen a floral arrangement, don't do roses. Roses reek of insincerity. They reek. Don't, not on Mother's Day, not on Sweetest Day. Don't get roses. Don't do it. <laughs> they just, you know what that's like? What? It's like walking into a mall and grabbing the first thing you see. It's Yeah, it's easy. That's true. I, and, however, but, I, but, but you have to acknowledge the thought, Charlie. So, I mean, a lot of times people rely on the exactly. floors to make that decision. So I'm not going to penalize somebody for being thoughtful. So thank you. Did you say penis? <laughs> Tim going to give you some penis? Charlie, do I have to hang up on you and you do this show by yourself today? No, please. Hold on. Okay. I got you this yeah. gift. I don't want it. It's Whatever right. it is, I'm scared. I don't want it's it. right here. Hold on. It's going to give it to you. I'm going to hang up, Charlie. <laughs> Here it is, Karen. What the hell is that? It's a... It's um, a trophy. Well, it's a Detroit's number one podcast trophy. 
the okay, Drew and you. Mike show. But they're not using it. No. So, <laughs> so all right. I love you. You know, happy birthday. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank okay. you. Okay, look, real quick, uh, before we get into a word from our sponsors, the show's absolutely unbelievably dynamite today. We have Jeremy Kaufman. Hey, Jeremy, do you pronounce it Kaufman or Kaufman? Kaufman. It's Kaufman, dude. <laughs> I'll, have to tell, I'll have to tell my father. Come on, where'd you grow up? <laughs> I grew up in southeastern Phil, uh, Pennsylvania, like about half people with the last name of Kaufman, I think. Like Philly, right? Yeah, Philly, yeah. How come everybody in New York's Kaufman and everybody in Philly's Kaufman? Because Philly's better than New York. Oh, <laughs> what do you say about that, LePay? Well, Anthony not, LePay. We don't all agree on that. Right. People like New York. <laughs> I love Maul, man. Okay, listen, Jeremy Kaufman is the founder of a Library, which is basically a block. What is it? What is it, Jeremy? Real quick. It's it's the it, library does to publishing what Bitcoin does to money. It says you get to stay in control. You don't have these bullshit big tech companies in the middle of, of of what you do. Okay, and so on top of that, the platform is Odyssey.com, which is basically the next generation of YouTube. But you can't really be edited. It's a blockchain. We'll get into that. Y'all know we've been shadow banned. You know Reddit fucked me over. You know the Filipinos are stealing my shit. So we've been looking for a place to get where they can't shut us down because we tell the truth. We actually do the work. So, we're going to have Jeremy at the top of the program here. Also, Anthony LaPay, an old friend of mine, executive producer and showrunner for season two of uh, While the Rest of Us Die on um, Vice Television. This episode, it aired last night, The Game is Rigged. It's really good. And it's really good. The show is really good. And it has you in it. And it has me in it. That's (laughs) not enough of me. It would have been better. But he's on to tell you what, what he's doing. What's up, Anthony? Good to see you, brother. Hey, how are you? Um, and, of course, uh, Red from Atlanta crying in his motel room and the most outrageous of them all. The lost little school in Detroit on the east side, surrounded by blight and shooting houses and needles and rodents. You said, Mr. Mayor, that the children mattered most. So this mythological comeback of yours, you said the most important people were our children. We all say it's our children. The election's two weeks away. You won't debate. I'm here, motherfucker. Me and you. Me and you. Nobody else will do it. Karen, nobody else will even challenge the myth, except Anthony, who comes into town and shows it. (laughs) The myth of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Where's the stuff for us? The battle cry of America. Where's the stuff for us? We the people. And I don't even care. I'm going to die. Real soon. Real soon. Why Why so soon? Well, because God said so. The minute he told gave you. me the life, told me he's going to take the life. Well, not so soon. I'm starting to get up there. I'm almost as old as Karen. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, you, then, you, then you have a lot of years left, Charlie. We got, we got stuff to do. Well, look at you. To die. Look at, but you're so much more put together. You don't smoke. You don't drink. You don't cuss. I think so soon will be because she's going to shoot you. Now that might happen. You're no. going to shoot me. But she shoot you. She'll never. strangle you. But in I the keeping, never, in the keeping of the no bullshit news, we don't wait around for people to do the work. We do the work. We don't sit here and commentate. We're in the street. 
Okay. But before we do that, right here, look at this here. Remember, our dear, dear sponsors at American Coney Island, the oldest family-owned restaurant in Detroit, maybe Michigan. Did you know, Anthony and Jeremy, that across from American Coney Island, exactly downtown, right across the street, part of the boarded up kind of ruins of this city, is the theater where Harry Houdini performed his last show before dying on Halloween in Detroit Receiving Hospital. Did you know that that theater is right across the street from the American Coney Island? I did not know that, but you took me to American Coney Island and it was excellent. Yeah, the best. It is. So they're doing a big um, 95 year anniversary of Harry's last show. Harry, by the way, got punched in the gut by a fucking Canadian. You know these guys. <laughs> these sucker punch guys, right? Yep. He was in Montreal at McGill University. They punched him, burst his appendix. He comes to Detroit to do the show. And. What you're eating more? What? Stop no. eating the props. I'm not eating anything. What are you well, I'm showing it off, man. This is my narcoleptic friend. Anyway, listen. Sunday, October 24th, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., they're going to have music, an illusionist, an historian. We're going to celebrate the 95th year anniversary of Harry Houdini's last show right across the street from American Coney Island. It's going to be awesome, right? Hey, Mark. What? They're featuring the Houdini weenie. That's what I was showing you, yeah. You know what it is? What? It's Besides in my mouth. It's a special only for Sunday. Go ahead, cut to that, Joey. You now see? you see it. Yeah, now you don't. Now you know why your neck's so fat. Hey, Charlie, do you know why that guy sucker punched him? Yeah. You know the story? Yeah. Because he was a student at a liberal arts college <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> It's a foxy liberal. No, you know, that, that, that uh, Houdini, he would allow people to come up and punch him in the gut. Like he, that was like one of his tricks. He would just, and uh, the kid, you know, yeah, sucker punched him. He wasn't ready. But that was one of his tricks was he would allow people to punch him as hard as they could in the, in the stomach. What a fucking show. He was a tough dude, man. Look, look, dude. look what we got on this show. A lot of smart. Not only is a guy hip to international finance. He's an expert in Harry Houdini <laughs> in liberal arts. I comedy. may have just made that up. But yeah, no one's fact-checking him. <laughs> I think that is the story. All right. And, and also, it becomes truth. <laughs> exactly. yeah, true. Uh, all right. Give me, give me Luke Nowacki real quick. Listen to that. That's original. You guys know who cut this tune? Maurice Davis, the king of party blues, and also a Flint City councilman who decided that he was going to endorse Trump because nobody was giving Flint nothing. Then they started calling him Uncle Tom. He got voted out of office, and now he's going to run for mayor. But he's not an Uncle Tom. He's a man. He's a Democrat. He just was going with what he thought best. But listen to this. They're the best in the business. Uh. You know who's the best in the business? Who? Luke Nowacki. He is. Because he knows overreaction is not a strategy, gentlemen. The market's up, it's down, inflation, what are we doing? What's with the unemployment? Don't guess. I don't know. You can do some Bitcoin. You can do library. You can invest in Vice TV. You can do real estate with Karen's husband. But you have to diversify. And if you don't really know what you're doing, 
call for some expert advice. That would be who? Luke. What's his number? 248-663-347. We'll fix that in post. <laughs> 248-663-4748-4 Rational Financial Advice. Boom. Let's get to it. Jeremy Kaufman. Give us your title real quick. I'm the CEO and founder of Library, LBRY, uh, which I'll say, you know, in case we get too nerdy, Odyssey is the thing to use. O-D-Y-S-E.com. It's used by 50 million people a month. It's like YouTube a decade ago when they let independent people speak instead of all the corporate bullshit that they do now. And that's it. It's easy. So we're going to talk about blockchain and all this nerdy stuff. And if people are interested in that, I mean, I'm interested in it. I'm a nerd. But you don't need to be a nerd to use it. You go to Odyssey or you install the Odyssey app. Boom. It's easy. And you're back in a place that's much better uh, than what big tech has become. Now, let me, let me, let, let's go back because Karen and I are very concerned about this. We're getting shadow banned, man. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's real. Like, it like, happens. I, 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 oh, I did it. Oops. Oh, <laughs> oh, I showed the cigarettes. Uh-oh. You know what they do? They pull it. Yeah. They, yeah. they don't I, mean, just, you, I think, uh, but you just caused several million people to get cancer. Uh, just putting that on the screen. That's the way it works. That's why they got to stop you. I mean, it's a, it's CNN only now. That's all they're... You, What's you with the hate? I mean, the CNN, these fake motherfuckers like, oh, you know, we're, we're from the regular people. My grandfather was a truck driver. We're from Gary. We moved on up to Detroit. And then we had to get in the fucking Monte Carlo and drive back down to Gary for the holidays. And my parents would be puffing away in the car. It's the winter. So the windows are rolled up. And you know what you had to do to breathe? You had to stick your nose. <laughs> In between the backrest in the seat to like look for the quarter and the scrap of fucking clean air. That's that's what it was. I'm sorry. That's what happened. I'm just a person born on earth in the time I was. So to take here's Jeremy, look. I worked at the New York Times. Them fuckers didn't like what I was writing about regular working people. Now it's all about regular working people, and they don't know a thing about regular working people. So they kicked me off the working people be. I go to work for Fox. You know what Fox did? They told me, don't don't do stories on Trump. Don't do stories on Rick Snyder, you know, the governor that poisoned Flint. Don't do stories on the mayor, Mike Duggan. Don't do stories, Anthony, on... You remember when we were talking on, on the piece, which we'll get to later, about the mortgages that went belly up and things got burned down and re, repossessed? Pulled it off the air. They told me they, not wow. to. Wow. I didn't realize. Yeah, I remember, you, now I remember you saying that. Yeah, you did a lot of forensic uh, investigating there. Go ahead, Jeremy. New, the, the New York Times covered us, and they just they just lie. Or if they don't lie, they mislead people. It's just what they do. Smug motherfuckers. I mean, look, I'm into smart people and a smart take, but why you got shit on everybody, man? We just, everybody trying to make a better world, at least some of us, right? Okay, right. Now, now finally this. Reddit, Reddit, number one video, this guy right here, number one video yeah. on Reddit all time for three years running until some fucking weasel says, well, isn't, uh, isn't what Ledup doing political speak? You know, because they were news pieces, local news piece, one local news piece is number one in the world for three years. And you know what they did? Well, you got a point there. And they took everything down and they stu- stuck it in a subfolder. Now it was political speech. Okay, now we're on Facebook, and here's the new deal, brother. Here's what the political operatives from the Democrats and the Republicans do. They know you can flag anybody on Facebook. It's a lie. 
It's a lie. He's not telling the truth. And so we're getting, uh, what are the words? Let's see here. Uh, I wrote them. Blocked, banned, marked, right? I'm like, That's right. I'm fucking done. So That's right. what do you got at Odyssey? Pitch me. Dude, we make all that stuff impossible. It can't happen again, right? And in terms of why, that gets into the library technology, which I don't want to go too deep on unless you want me to. But basically, there's, go a little bit. there's, not, there's not a middleman. Right. So we've done this in this way. It's all open source. It's all decentralized. It's all peer to peer. So, you know, when you build up your following on YouTube, on Facebook, you're not an owner of your following. You're a renter. All mm -hmm. right. And you've got a landlord who can kick you out whenever they want. Yeah. And we have completely flipped the design. We've said we're, we're out of the way. It's a peer to peer connection between creator and and fan or follower. And we want to not exist. Right. So we're doing it direct between the two of you. So we literally don't have the ability to do the same things that these big tech, tech companies are doing. And that's part of our advantage is that we can't we can't do it. And we're not. So we're not even promising you that we won't do it. We've designed the system so that we can't do. It. How do you stop things like uh, pornography or live streaming violence? I mean, if I mean, there's got to be a gatekeeper somewhere. Right. So that gets into the difference between Odyssey and library, right? So like you're, you're not, Odyssey does do some filtering and blocking of things that are illegal or, uh, or just, um, uh, you know, adult content things that people might not want or that aren't, aren't right for the Odyssey brand. But uh, library is the underlying technology. Like think of it as, this isn't the sexiest comparison, but think of it as closer to something like email, right? Where you're not trapped. If you want to, if you want to leave your email provider, you can go to another one because it's this interoperable network, right? And that's what we've built. That's what the library technology does. Similar to the way that Bitcoin is a technology, you can use all different kinds of pieces of software and so on that interact with it. That's what library does. So you own your channel the same way that you own, uh, you know, a Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency. When someone follows you or subscribes to you, that's going into their cryptocurrency wallet. It's not just being recorded on some server that we own. So let's see if I can make this simple. See if I'm right. I, I'm, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that goes through budgets. It's blockchain technology, meaning like one, one, one motion, one movement on this string is recorded. And then anything played with that is built on top of it. And anything that comes from that is built on top. So it's a, basically a, a long fossil, a long chain. And you can't bust the chain, meaning you can't pull me out of your chain. Is that right? That's right. That's hey, right. And we that. don't look even own me. the chain. Look we don't at even me. own the chain. Yeah. It's your channel, right? Like when you have a channel on, on YouTube, that's YouTube's channel. YouTube owns your channel. It's their property. It's not your property. When you have a channel in this system, it's your channel. But I really want to say again, because we talk about this stuff. Sometimes people get nervous. Odyssey is so easy to use. My mom can use it. Uh, you know, anyone who can use YouTube is going to be able to use Odyssey. It looks like YouTube. I mean, yeah. I don't mean that as a put down. It looks as simple as YouTube. Yeah, yeah, we I got we got rid of this uh, greeting message because it was too weird for people. But in the early days of the software, we used to say that uh, it's like uh, it's like dating a centaur. So it looks normal from the top up, uh, but the underneath <laughs> is is way different, uh, you know. And so that's that's the design of this system. So what's the business advantage for you, Jeremy? I mean, I was just you, about to ask, what's the model? Yeah, for? where's the? I mean, where's where? How is it advantageous for you as an owner or creator? Yeah, well, let, let's uh, let's remember that you know YouTube is is making tens of billions of dollars uh, a year, and they're taking fifty percent 
of every ad dollar. They charge you ten dollars uh, a month just to be able to, you know, do background play on your phone. So there is lots of uh, room and space to be, you know, effectively undercutting them. Uh, Odyssey does do advertising. Odyssey does credit card uh, payments, so you can tip creators and so on. And Odyssey takes five. Five percent of that, um, and uh, you know, we also uh, do. Um, you know, we we can do paid software and paid development and and things like this. Um, it's not a you know it's not a new company. Uh, you know we've been at this for years, um, and you know we're well we're well funded, uh, and we're we're already you know pushing uh, approaching profitability. So you'll have a Patreon kind of uh, component to it as well. That's right. That's right. So you can get uh, tips. Uh, from your fans. And if anyone, uh, if you're on YouTube, uh, we also have a tool that literally one click takes under a minute to set up. Your entire channel can be copied over, uh, not just in the past, but on an ongoing basis. So for YouTube creators out there, it's very, very easy uh, to get onto this system. And that's the first thing we recommend, right? Like, because if you are on these big tech sites, it's really tough to feel safe. They change the rules on you all of the time. Um, and you just have no control. You have no ownership. You have no say. Uh, and, and so, you know, if you're, if you don't like that idea, um, you know, this is a chance to, to fix some of those things, but and, you don't have to quit. You can just start using Odyssey as well. And look, I got hijacked by the Filipinos, probably Russians routing through the Philippines. Is, is it safe? Yeah, it's safe. It's absolutely safe. There's nothing unsafe about it. I mean, can, can my channel on Odyssey get hijacked by a hacker? Seeing as it's oh, a blockchain. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I can't. Uh, that's actually something we can't promise. I and mean, if someone steals your password or, or steals your uh, thing, you know, we uh, we can't necessarily stop that from happening. Unfortunately, and what uh, happens? Look, can I ask a question? What happens if there's a video? No, that you can't. No, no. <laughs> you sit there in your Manhattan high rise, you fucking one percenter, and shut the fuck up. I want to. I, this is an important question. I think your listeners will, are going to want to know the answer. Oh. What happens? Oh, if he's EPing me. I'm getting EPed again. <laughs> that's what he does. It's like driving around with the guy again. No, that's not what happened in Detroit. No, go ahead, Anthony. I'm so apologize. What happens if there's a video that accuses me of being a, a child sex trafficker? Like how? Yeah. How? Where? Where do you get into those? The kind of what brought that example? We don't make the legal system go away, right? And the right view of library is that it's a pure technology, the same way that Bitcoin is or SMTP, which does our email, or HTTP, which does the web, you know, if people use technology or a knife or a gun, you know, if people use a technology in a bad way, in a wrong way, in a harmful way, we still have a legal system. We're still operating within that legal system. We're not trying to get rid of it. You go after the people who are using the technology in a wrong or bad way. You catch them. Uh, you you either get a civil or, uh, or a criminal uh, your violation against them. You know, this but that's, is that's my question. Do I have to have a cease and desist for you to take that down? Or is there a, do you have your that this is where it gets really complicated. I'm sure. Right. No, th I mean, we are still operating within the, the U.S. legal system. And so, you know, if we receive legal orders or, or this kind of thing, um, in the case of Odyssey, but not library, there's also, a, you know, a human sort of moderation uh, there system. Is. There where is you can a report. human. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. Um, but, that's, yeah. But, but that's before the posting. So once it's posted, are you able to take me down? Odyssey can take things down. Library cannot. What does that mean? So like Odyssey can block it from being used in a certain way. Odyssey can um, can filter content, can ensure that content isn't seen. On the underlying library network, there's not an ability uh, for the company to 
to interfere with that. So meaning those that have previous access to it have access to it in perpetuity, but you won't, Cor you won't push it out. Correct. Yeah. Huh. Okay. okay. Can you tell me anything about section 230? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, so section 230, I do think there's a lot of uh, uh, misunderstandings um, about this. Like I think 230 is, is actually uh, good for tech companies in the sense that it makes them less liable uh, for, for content that's published on the platforms. Now, maybe if you want the platforms to be more liable, maybe you don't like 230, but I don't think 230 is somehow protecting Facebook or these companies. I think, I think big tech would like to replace it with something that cements their control. Uh, but, you know, for a company like mine, uh, you know, dealing, being directly liable for how users use it um, would introduce a lot of risk for us. So, so my view is that 230 actually helps protect us. So just for Jeremy and, and Anthony to, to confirm or deny, see if I got it generally correct for the audience. 230 is federal code, which protects Facebook, YouTube, all of this from what you post. If you say somebody's a pedophile, that would be libelous, right? That would be detrimental to somebody's character and their reputation. That's the First Amendment. That's not protected under free speech. What 230 does is protect the the company that you posted on from, from also getting sued. Is that correct, guys? Pre yeah. Precise, so, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, for instance, if you publish that in the New York Times, you can hit the New York uh, Times. The New York Times could be in trouble because they are a newspaper and they have an editorial process. And, and if it's shown that they knowingly knew that was false, for instance, they they could be held. Uh, yeah. And 230 also grants protection in the sense that it, like some moderation doesn't mean that you're liable for not moderating something right so even if you're doing some moderation if you happen to miss something if something you know got through or whatever you're not liable for that just because you were moderating other other things and you know like i think there's a lot of frustration out there about with these companies i share it i think they suck i can't believe what they've become honestly as someone who's used all these services for like a decade it's crazy to see it but i think like i still think these problems are solvable through competition i think there are companies like mine or mines or other companies that are are coming up and like these companies are getting disrupted i mean and so i don't think we need to fix it through legal means i think we can fix it through our own voluntary choices where we can go out and use alternatives and we're not stuck with this status quo that stinks okay regular person right. question i'm sorry karen yeah. go ahead it's your birthday no. it's your birthday it's your birthday <laughs> go ahead karen Say anything. That was Anthony. That was about to. That was me. Sorry, I was just going to ask. It's not birthday. your birthday, Anthony. <laughs> Hold on now. Oh. Hold on. Nope. Nope. My show. Go ahead. My show. Go ahead. It might Go not ahead. be on Vice TV. Go ahead. But it's my little show from this little basement. Karen, Lower level. Thank you. Ding. Happy birthday. Okay, I spent a decade developing friends and audience, people that are like-minded. They're interested. If I move over to odyssey do i have to give up youtube do i have to give up facebook do i have to give up twitter absolutely not and we don't even recommend it because if you go cold turkey from one to the other you're going to lose 80 90 of your audience truthfully so what we recommend is setting up the channel and beginning to encourage your audience to also follow you over there so you mention it you know either every show or from time to time and maybe well, you start not. doing it 
occasional exclusives or occasional extras to help move that audience. But it takes it takes time. It takes time for people to change their habits. And right now, everyone's got a bunch of bad habits, right? Everyone's addicted to these sites uh, that have become harmful to them. Uh, but it's still uh, it's still an addiction. It's like most people aren't going to be able to go cold turkey. You got to yeah, so, do it so over we're time. We're going to help you build your brand, right, Jeremy? Is that yeah? He's going to yeah. help me build my brand. That's oh yeah, and yeah, and we help. We have a team, so you know our team can absolutely, um, you know, can absolutely help you. Now, from a content creator standpoint, that's great. But Wait, time out. What? Okay, what this, happened? Where, that, where am I going? What? I hate that word. I'm okay. a content creator. From a podcast you mean, creator, you're standpoint. making some shit and you're posting it online. I'm a content creator. It's boring, Charlie. stupid. I don't like do the want, word. What should I? What should we call you? How do you identify? Well, how do you Publisher. identify, dude? All right, there's a dude out there. There's this dude, there's this dude who's saying some shit and he wants yeah. people to hear what he got to say. Okay, but as From a the lower level. As From a the lower level. As the a mezzanine user, garden. As a user of YouTube, what is Odyssey giving me that I'm not getting there? Oh. Yeah. Like, uh well, so uh so, I mean, <laughs> as a user of YouTube, are you not frustrated by YouTube, uh, I mean, the, the the fact that these, the way that YouTube treats these creators, they have all these secret algorithms. You can't find the stuff. I mean, one of the most common things I hear from people who sign up to Odyssey is they go, oh, I remember that guy. I used to like that guy, that guy in a basement who was just saying shit. <laughs> I used to love him. What happened to him? And he hadn't gone anywhere. He got a new hat. YouTube had put their thumb on the scale and they buried him. And, and you know, that's one of the worst things that they do, right? Because if you get banned from YouTube, at least you know that you're banned. But they do something that's almost more nefarious where they say, just don't return them in the results. Just don't show them to people. And you're out there putting this content out wondering, hey, why did my views fall by 90%? And the answer is YouTube decided they didn't like you and they were too cowardly to even tell you that. I, I was sitting here thinking, just nobody liked me anymore. <laughs> it's like my mother stopped calling. I call my mother. She doesn't call back. I'm thinking she doesn't like me. But now it turns out my mother's algorithm is yeah. a little bit whack. Well, what about your yeah. algorithm with Odyssey? How do you choose which ones pop up first? Yeah. So, right. That's a great question. Thanks. So we still don't have, have algorithms. Now, in our case, and algorithm, algorithms are complicated. I can explain some of the factors that go into ours. But everything we do is open source. Okay. So there's none of this secret crap right? Where you don't even know how they're doing it. And so in our case, everything we do is public. Computer scientists and, and other experts can audit it and, and can understand it. It's a little bit beyond a layman understanding exactly how uh, it works, but it is all out there and it is all public. Now, how is this different from Rumble? Well, Rumble's not, Rumble doesn't do any of these things. So one, Rumble is not built on this protocol. It doesn't have this property where you actually own your channel. Rumble's just trying to recreate YouTube with all the same incentives, right? So, you know, even if Rumble is good now, YouTube was good a decade ago. Why will things play out differently at Rumble? The answer is, oh, well, I have to trust the CEO or I have to trust the people running the company. In our case, you don't even have to trust me. Because everything we do is open source. Everything we do is decentralized. I could get taken over by a brain worm, you know, that turned me into Mark Zuckerberg. And uh, it, it's uh, there's, the show would go on. Oh, there, you're much more handsome than him, man. I, who's doing Zuckerberg's hair? Look at this motherfucker. <laughs> this is how a CEO's hair is supposed to look. Well, I can tell you no one does mine. Uh, so Yeah, that's why I'm wearing a cap. I, I decided <laughs> to stop cutting it for COVID. Is, it's really not yeah. working. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but so Rumble's how do also I... not open source, so you can't find out this stuff about it either. That's another. How do we, we, the No Bullshit News Hour, get on your homepage? I got uh, this really the... great video I'm going to show you. How does can you can you hook a brother up? 
Yeah. So yeah, man, just sync that channel. You could, you, all you got to do is you sign up at odyssey.com. You check the button that says, I want to bring over my YouTube channel and we'll get you on the homepage. Oh, so Facebook is changing its name. I mean, what do you think be, is behind that is because of the, wait, wait, the, wait, wait, time out, time out, Karen, wait a minute. So we just link over there and we'll get up on the That's homepage. Right. That's simple. So does everybody that like, you know, signs up, get a, like a moment on the homepage? Uh, not a, no, that's just not a, that's not just everyone. for us. It's like no. the it's like the it's it's like the um, it's like the Aaron Rodgers discount on <laughs> discount yeah, double there, check. Yeah, there discount are double uh, check. there are algorithms that can allow anyone to to get onto the homepage, but you would have to you know, your content would have to be performing well. Mm -hmm. and so on, go ahead, so. Karen. I apologize for that. I just want to make sure we're getting up there because you know we we gave that's up fine. on Reddit. Fuck Reddit. I was just asking about Facebook changing its name. So is it trying to go through a brand refresh or trying to, you know, shake all the negative criticism and scrutiny they've been subjected to of late? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't trust anything out of them. It's uh, that's a part of this that I think is so odd is we don't trust these people generally. Like if you ask most people opinion about Mark Zuckerberg, you'd be like, that guy is a sneaky motherfucker. You know? No one wants to trust him. <laughs> and then, and then we're saying we're turning to this uh, breaking news, breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Breaking news. Exclusive. No bullshit news hour. Jeremy Kaufman, CEO of library and odyssey.com calling Mark Zuckerberg, a sneaky motherfucker. We return you to our regular programming. Go ahead, Jeremy. Look, they are. We all saw the movie, right? It's just, this <laughs> we is really, saw the uh, movie. I don't think it's uh, up for Probably debate, Probably LePay right? made this fucking movie. We saw that documentary by Aaron Sorkin, the well-known documentarian. And he, uh, uh, he, the, why would you want that guy to be in charge of what's true or not? Why would you turn to that person and say, we're going to trust you to filter what the American public is allowed to see? It's a terrible idea. I feel sorry for Fuckerberg. I really do. Yeah. I mean, the guy just came up with some <laughs> cool dating app in college and went berserk and he doesn't know what to do. I don't feel sorry for him. Jeremy, what's your link? We've got some of our viewers uh, asking what it is. Uh, O-D-Y-S-E.com is Odyssey. O-D-Y-S-E-E.com. S-E-E dot yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to share it. S-E-E or S-E? O-D-Y-S-E-E dot -E -E com. Boom. We're going there. Go there. We're going to give it a shot. Yeah. And it's real cool of you to do this, bro. You know what I Thanks. mean? Thanks. It was great to be here. Well, you want to hang out? Sure. I want to show you something. Okay, LePay, right. this is going to be a piece going into your piece, right? All right? But before we do that, I want you to know that, listen, if... This piece shows you what's not getting done in the inner city for real. This piece is going to show you how truly fucked this place is, how corporatized city halls become, how they're a lapdog to big business, and they're not doing anything for the regular people, and how the media buys in because when the media leaves media, they go to work for these people. So mm -hmm. if, if you need buildings torn down, if you need to work through the red tape of City Hall, you call ADR. ADR consultants are the ones you call when you need to get something done right on time and on budget. Uh, if you are trying to get permits, variances, or help navigating the jungle of City Hall, of Lansing, you call ADR. That's Barry Ellentuck at 248 318-9424.
He is what? He's ethical, honest, and smart. Uh, and and good to use. 248-318-9424. All right. Beautiful. Give him All a right. call. Okay, give him now dig this, bros. This is fucked. Anthony, you and I worked media journalism together in New York. What I'm about to show you, bro, if this was happening in the Bronx, scandal, front page, day after day after day. If it was Philly, Jeremy, this doesn't, Philly, you know, is rugged, seen better days. What I'm about to show you, I've never seen. Karen, who used to be basically the de facto chief of staff during the bankruptcy, was trying to fight this. You heard about the miracle. Stop texting. Texting Joe. Who? Mannequin? Uh, mannequin Joe, yeah. He's a mannequin. He can't text back. Oh. The fucking hands don't work. Yeah, no, voice to text. Oh, he's doing blockchain. See, <laughs> our mannequin, our, our super guy, you know, he was talking all kinds of shit, Jeremy, beforehand. And I said, come on and ask him. That's really interesting. He goes, I, I think it would be difficult to unmute. <laughs> he can't well, he unmute. Know what Web3 he, can do. I mean, blockchain, you just put a blockchain on it, solve everything. Fucking so. blockchain. Okay. <laughs> so having said this, uh, my brothers and sisters and everybody out there, watch this. We're two weeks from the election. The media not even covering it. The mayor refuses to even debate his opponent. This is the No Bullshit News Hour bringing to you real people's lives. Children. Our children. Rolling. Pulaski Elementary used to be here in this nice neighborhood. Nice building, old, so they moved the elementary over there. Nice building, the neighborhood, not so much. About 400 children attend Pulaski Elementary and Middle School on Detroit's east side. But how can children learn when the school is surrounded by unwholesome buildings that double as shooting galleries for dope addicts and graveyards for rodents? There is no excuse. The school has been here for two years. And guess who owns these buildings of vomit? The city of Detroit and its land bank. This one. This one. This one. And this one. And there's this one, this one, this one, and there's this one. Nice school. The fields of garbage, that's the city too. That means Mayor Mike Duggan. And he's up for re-election. He talks a big game about painted parks and clean alleyways, but it's just talk. And this, take it down. If this school were in the Bronx, or LA, or Royal Oak, this outrage would be front page news. Kids surrounded by rot. But the media here doesn't care. Not really. I called in a few times about the house and no response. I don't get anything out of it. And I really don't know why this home is still sitting here. The roof is de de destroyed. It's nothing I don't think they can do. The, the house is collapsing on the other side. You know, the kids be going to school, walking up and down the street. The kid could be taken in there and wouldn't nobody know. A lot of weirdos still out here. Yeah, in the pandemic, kids, over with, you got to look out for these 
the weird, the weirdos and look out for the babies and look out for the kids and everything, you feel me? That's all, just looking out for the babies. You complain, but it, it don't do no good. It's children. Yep. The city owns that, what happens in here? A lot of drug use, day to day. School that two burnt up houses that shouldn't be here. It should have been torn out a long time ago. Okay, it's election year. What do you want to tell the mayor? Just uh, straighten up the neighborhood, tear down the houses. He said he did. No, not over here. Get it done. Get it done! The election is two weeks away, but Duggan's hiding in his badger hole. He won't debate his opponent. He'd have to explain the three quarters of a billion dollars in demolition money he squandered. The two grand juries, the poison dirt, the serial killer houses like these, the safety of the kids he promised. All of this. Hey, it's uh, Laduff. I'm in the neighborhood uh, with some citizens and uh, we're by a school. And we want to know why there's so many abandoned buildings and garbage laying all over the place. Mayor's running on the clean up the alleys. Doesn't look like it from here. A lot of kids. Give me a call. You can't blame the public school administrators or the school board. They want the crud taken down too. But it's all on City Hall who never calls anybody back. I think if they weren't picking and choosing, if they were putting folks to work, uh, we can get these buildings down a lot faster. If they said it was the money and they were provided the money, then what's the problem? And so that's why the people in the city of Detroit um, that continue to support the agenda um, of the mayor should be asking these questions. But citizens as a whole, those that voted for him and those that didn't, those that will vote for him and those that won't, um, the promises and commitments were made, um, but a promise made is not but a promise kept. The gravy goes to the contractors in Detroit. The people get the dirt. Now the mayor's not the king. He's just a little guy in a bad suit. And if he won't take your calls, Detroit, well, we'll take your grievances to him. That's the American way. Good, I left a couple messages. I'm trying to get Roach or somebody from the mayor's office. Okay, you left a couple messages? Mm-hmm. Trying to get Mr. Roach? Yeah. And you left them with Mr. Roach, please, sir. Last one was today, this morning. Sorry, are you filming? Yeah, he's Probably. filming. Yeah, you can't can. do that here. You can film this out here. You can step outside. Yeah, we can. Uh, you can film in here. Uh, no. You, you see this sign right here? You cannot film in here. Yeah, but that's a policy, not a city ordinance. It's called the First Amendment. So we can film in the building. We can can't question City Hall. I ain't gonna forget about you kids. Those are coming down. Karen. We've been talking about safe routes to school uh, for far too long. And so even in the change of administrations, that was supposed to be a continuation uh, of that commitment. But it's not happened. Um, you know, somebody asked me the other day, they said, you know, this doesn't even seem like this is an election cycle. You don't see vote for on any of Duggan's billboards. It's just, hey, we cleaned up the alleys. Hey, we tore down this house. But I think that's all by design. It's kind of intended to just lull people into thinking that everything is okay. And it's not. No, it's um, short answer. Uh, Jeremy, where are you living now? I live in New Hampshire, southern uh, New Hampshire. You see that kind of shit in New Hampshire? Absolutely not. Would you put up with it in New Hampshire? No way. People would not put up with that around here. Fuck me. Anthony, where are you living, man? Manhattan? Manhattan. 
like uh, what Washington Square Park area? No, down uh, Battery Park City, Tribeca. Battery Park City, Tribeca, uh, near 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 you know Ground Zero, just a few twenty yeah, blocks. Right around, right up. Uh, Ground Zero happened there. You got that kind of shit in, in your neighborhood? No, I mean this is this is a, a tragedy waiting to happen. That's it's horrible. It's a tragedy, ongoing. Yeah, and again, and that's not the only place. That's the thing, Charlie. That's not independent. It's not that. It's not just one thing. That is a microcosm of almost every neighborhood outside of downtown Detroit. Yes. So yes, it's not. One you thing. got it. You know, it's the two cities. Like Anthony, I'm very proud of you what you've done in your career and how you're going around the globe and you're trying to explain things. Look at that, Jeremy. I'm very proud of what you're doing and you're trying to fight back. We, I used to put those things on TV. All of a sudden, all the hipsters and the feel-good people don't want to see it. There's no voice for the majority of us. That's that's actually a hip video. And it's fucking outrageous. All of us here in these four squares here, I think we pay a lot of taxes. In fact, I know we do. And I want my money to go to kids. I don't want to pay for a grown man to feed him for the rest of his life. I expect this motherfucker to get off his ass and try to feed himself. But no child in this great country of ours, I didn't say great society, the great country, no kid goes hungry. Where's my money? My wife works in that school, by the way. Full disclosure. She got transferred, locked her keys in her car. I went there and went, motherfucker. I've never seen that. Give me an answer, Jeremy. Give me an answer, Anthony. Short answer. What do we as a society of men and women do? Jeremy, I'll let you go first. Oh, man. I mean, my like practical policy answer is they just got to sell the buildings and or knock them down. But also, I think if you live in a if you live in a shitty place, get out. I mean, that's we got to sort ourselves out. You know, that's why I came to New Hampshire and that's why I left West Philadelphia. We can't. But everybody can't get out. Yeah, we're here. broke. Yeah. We're broke. Uh, we can't. No, it's cool, man. It's a good thing to yeah. say. Yeah. We no, can't, it's, a, it's like yeah. that. We like to go where by what means. Right. If your if your house is only worth 20 grand, right? How, how are you going to move somewhere else? Watch this. Uh, 75% of Detroit is a renter. Right. Yeah. I mean, how this about, is serious. How about some accountability for the people that the, the that the residents of this city elect. What about a degree of accountability in these in, in in elected officials, public servants doing what they're supposed to do and not painting a pig yellow and trying to convince you that it's a duck? And here's the segue to what Anthony is working on, bro. They're starting to make me sound like a tax revoltist because what's happening now is. Everything gets taxed on your property tax, not your income tax, where you don't see it. They're taxing your domicile. I can't afford to everything to keep being stacked on to the day I die when corporations keep dodging everything they're expected to do. It's, it's, exactly. un, it's, it's unsustainable. Exactly. My child, my wife works there. My child lives not three miles from there. Right? The tale of two worlds. That's impossible. It's the same world. It's the same community. Fuck me. Okay. Okay, listen. If you do have a home and you're not sure, 
Now's a great time to refi. How you guys like that? Look how I take a, care of tough, my- It's a tough segue, but yeah. Yeah, but it's a good segue. That <laughs> yeah, is. It is. Listen to what we're talking about. We're not sure, but interest rate, look, I looked it up. 15 year fixed. Yeah. It's at three. Ooh. Right? Better call. It's 30 years at 2.5. Well. Refi. Get yourself some room. Right? It's. I feel- Things are starting to turn, and you you got to find some liquidity. You got to do somebody. You got to go with somebody you trust. Who should I call? You call David Hall Mortgage, right? Pretty simple. It's. I'm just going to say this without even looking at any fucking script. Yeah. You get personal help, personal attention. You're not click you, clicking your name in a box, and all of a sudden they quote you a rate. They're going to walk you through it. They're going to get you a realtor. They're going to give you an appraisal. And quick. And quick. Um, now, I do have to look because 248 I had this memorized. I should tape it up here. <laughs> I'm just going to ask 248 Yeah. Call Yeah, or DavidHallMortgage.com. All right, one. David. All right. Take care of them. Mm -hmm. These people out here, these are my people. Take care of them. I'm, I know you will because Mark's... Worked with I've you. Used them, I've yeah. worked with you, and it's Karen's birthday. Ooh. You look great for thirty-eight. Thank you. I'm getting younger and younger through the show. I'll, I'll <laughs> really, I like the soft lighting. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, so now, how do we do this? How do we want to do Anthony? He's been sitting here. Let me go like this. Anthony Pay is shit, man. We were kids together in New York. He's now the executive. Uh, producer one of and the showrunner of season two's debut of while the rest of us die the rich get rich the rest of us die no offense jeremy you, you've earned it you know what i mean you know okay and uh, this episode is called <laughs> the game is rigged it is narrated by westworld's jeffrey wright right it's yeah. it's really it's dynamite really it's really good it's really good we'll 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 we'll, we'll suck his balls after this, he was gonna send us the media clip. I didn't like the media clip, bro. And we had to do our own. You know why? Why? I'm not in any of the media clips. It was. Oh, you were in the clip. <laughs> you were absolutely in the clip. Not they, enough, they must though. Sent you the wrong one. Not enough. They sent the wrong one. There you go. Sent the wrong <laughs> one. That's a good. EP the one answer. you sent out to the Hollywood <laughs> Reporter. I'm not in it. I come home I to do God's you know, work. The whole part of what you were in, I thought. I, I come know. home to do God's work, to look after kids, and I can't get nothing. No, anyway, it's a great episode. Uh, can you please stop texting? Uh, Jeremy has to go. I was going to let you know that. Oh, Jeremy's got to go. You got to go, bro? Yeah, I got I to bounce. Thanks a lot for having me on, Charlie. This was awesome. I love what you're doing. Thank it, you. Really great, man. I'll be in touch. Thanks, dude, for coming. Yeah. Good. Congrats on the platform. Let's go. Cool. That's why I was texting. Back to our. Why don't you just say it out loud? I, don't, okay. I was going to. Let's, you were on a roll. How long is this clip? Uh, about two ten. It's about two ten, not thirty seconds. There's a generous portion of me in here. So before we go into this, set it up, man. What is the premiere episode? The game is rigged. What is this about, bro? It's really the kind of secret history of how the financial industry ate the American dream. It that way it's really how and how they hoodwinked us and so many of us to see like what we were talking about earlier uh government uh and taxes as evil while they have been evading taxes and putting the bill on the rest of us 
Okay, let's roll it. Back in the day when we bundled the mortgage and they were giving them the pigs, you know what I mean? Dead people, non-existent people, and they were bundling them into financial instruments. Dan Gilbert said, you know, from Quicken Loan said, I never sold subprime mortgages. So I know the people at the office of registrar. I got 1,600 mortgages originated by Quicken Loans. Took a random sample of the beautiful mortgages that he issued. Within 10 years, half of them went belly up and half of the ones that went belly up were either stripped, burned, or occupied by squatters. The financial meltdown in 2007 was caused in great part by the greed of financial institutions like Quicken Loans, offering easy mortgages and the promises of a decent life, even though that life had become unaffordable. And when those loans collapsed, so did Detroit but not the financial institutions. The Justice Department settles its case against Quicken, which never admits to wrongdoing. While their borrowers pack up and vacate their now foreclosed homes, Quicken not only survives, but then thrives by going public. A multi-billion dollar IPO, and I'm told it will be one of the largest, if not the largest IPO in the US this year. The sale made Dan Gilbert the 17th richest person in America. We think if the check cleared, Jim, check But Gilbert's business dealings in Detroit didn't stop with Quicken Loans. We're very, very proud to have the opportunity to own this, this property here. Gilbert takes advantage of the fire sale prices he helped ignite to spend billions buying nearly 100 properties in a city decimated by risky lending. He owns this block. He owns that building. He owns the building behind this building. He's gonna own this skyscraper. Wow. Anthony, what's your estimation of what happened to us here in Detroit? I know you, you've put in... Oh man, you're the expert on Detroit. Um, but I think you, you nail it when, you know, we really kind of look under the hood and it, it, there's just a common misperception in America that the story of our fall, our failing inner cities is a story of uh, simply manufacturing moving overseas, right? And everyone says, oh, well, the factories were gone and, and that's what, what happened. But really what we tried to look at was uh, since the really beginning in earnest in the 1980s, the rise of the financial industry in America and the predatory aspect to uh, the banking industry, the lo uh, loan uh, mortgage companies, um, and the ways in which uh, developers like Gilbert and you know many others uh, use tax breaks and and government incentives to uh, to to really suck all this wealth out of communities into things like high rises. Where no one's even really living, right? I mean, this is a story you know much better than I do, but uh, but I think that's that's the the real story that we tried to to look at, which is that you know everyone sort of has this this very simplistic idea about the the problem of the the you know sort of dwindling middle class in America. And I think it's much more complicated than just uh, manufacturing moving to China. Well, it's it's kind of like part and parcel. It's you weren't. You didn't used to be able to move your manufacturing to China. You couldn't even trade with China 20 years ago. 
banks had to keep a certain amount of money in the bank. Banking deregulation happened. World trade deregulation happened. Everything moved away. And I think what was really great about this piece that you did was the American companies decided they were going to get out of the business of actually managing manufacturing and get into financing, get right. into stock and let the third world do the building, ship it back in here. We all have cheap prices, but at the same time, our standard of living starts to collapse. And I think the most beautiful quote was at the very end when I forget his name, but he says, we, as the American society used to go into Africa and Central America and suck the resources out of them to make ourselves rich. And now we've turned it on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Doug Rushkoff. Uh, yeah, I think he really nailed it. You know, it's like, and, and, and he all, the other point he makes right before that is that, you know, it's not sustainable what sucking all this wealth out and not giving people uh, job security and healthcare and all the thing and pensions, all the things that, that we used to have if you worked in a factory, as shitty as that factory job may have been, at least you had those things, right? I mean, my grandfather, uh, worked for the army and, you know, and they had a nice house and a car and he had a pension and they lived a very, very sustainable, you know, uh, life, uh, with one income, right. In working for the government. So that's just not feasible anymore today. Um, you wouldn't live in a nice part of town on that kind of salary. Uh, so, uh, I, I think it's, it's, Really, uh, but the point is that the, that Doug made was the system is not sustainable because if you take all the money off the table, as he says, there's not going to be anything left for people. The people are. This is why we're in a situation right now where the government has to keep printing money. We're we're in this sh crazy sugar high fake economy right now where the government is just printing money and handing it out to people, keeping people afloat. But it's not it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable to, to pay people ten dollars an hour and not give that or fifteen dollars an hour that Amazon pays and not give them health care, not give them any uh, benefits or say you know savings. Uh, so that's oh, what's that's what's really un, uh, unsustainable about it. There was a really interesting point made in that episode too, in that um, those CEOs or those bosses used to live in that community, so they mm -hmm. would they would care about it. And nowadays. You'll see a story on the news about how, hey, look at this owner who cares about his workers and everything he's done for him. And I just don't understand like where that got lost or why that got lost. It's a really good point. I think it's part of the culture of, of CEOs and this kind of masters of the universe idea that they believe that they truly, you know, they, they breathe different air, you know. And I think they're scared too. I think fundamentally that's why they're, they're walling themselves off and building bunkers and, you know, in New Zealand and whatnot, <laughs> because they know that they're, the pitchforks are going to come if, they, if we keep going. Absolutely. Like I mean, 50 years ago when Detroit was the richest mm -hmm. city in the first world in the globe, 50 years ago, mm -hmm. I was alive. I was in kindergarten, right? Mm-hmm. Your CEO made 30, maybe 100 times more than the average hourly worker. Now it's 1,000 to 3,000 times. Yeah. 
You know, you saw the school folks. This Anthony, I, you've been doing this for a couple of years now. This is your second season. You're really digging into it. It's a fascinating show. It really is. And I'm hooked. You hooked, Karen? I am totally hooked. I, I just, you know, when I saw that you were going to be on, I said, okay, I'm going to turn it on and see. Charlie was in the opening scene, so I'm like, okay. But it was fascinating. And not only in terms of the impact that it's had on Detroit, but you have to get the comprehensive picture of how all these things play. And I can't wait to see next week's episode because there is an all-out acquisition of land across the country, you know, by millionaires. And people are saying, yeah. what's going on? People really have to listen. It's not a conspiracy theory. There's something going, going on. on. And you just got to start connecting the dots. And you've started that. I loved it. I'm actually going to watch it again See? this afternoon. Look at that right cool. there. So listen, it's called While the Rest of Us Die. And it's okay. on um, Vice Television. Okay. People are texting me. This is, this is how fucking bad it is, my brother. Uh, how do I get it if I don't have cable? So how do they get it if they don't have cable? Yeah, it's, it's available on Roku, Hulu, um, and a couple other of those uh, platforms if you have Okay, them. so you, you go pay for it. I'm telling you, go pay for it. It's, well, it's, yeah, I think you don't. I think if you have if you have Hulu, like you got to pay for it, bro. Roku, if you don't I have don't Hulu, you have to pay for it. You got to. I, I think you got to pay for Hulu now, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're paying, you have to pay for one of those. But I'm saying it should be included. It's included. Why don't we in a have a watch party, Charlie, so people who don't have it can because watch it Anthony movie. doesn't make any fucking money because so he's got a kid. Yeah. Anthony's not that kind of guy. He's doing this exactly. to, to make a difference. But at some point, he can come in. We need to have a watch party. Let's okay. Do that. I think I think it's a great idea. Okay, the you do. You do. The next episode uh, is about food, uh, mm -hmm. as Karen just mentioned, and it's it's actually really fascinating. Everything ties together. All the episodes are really sort of telling different one story from different perspectives. But what we get into uh, in the food is act, uh, episode is actually the secret history of sugar mm -hmm. and how the sugar industry uh, really was like big tobacco. Um, in manipulating science and really like this is, I didn't know all this, but you know, when growing up, everything was all about no fat, this, no mm -hmm. fat, low fat, that, that was actually the sugar industry saying, Hey, actually look over here. Fat is bad. Right. So they strip fat out of our milk. Right. And you get that blue, disgusting dishwater, no fat milk. You need that fat actually for your, to digest things. And for about like uh, saturated fat is actually good for us, you know, in limit in certain amounts. Yet everyone became obsessed with stripping fat out of things. Like you even have the absurd thing where like a. No, no, no. They became, and this is part of the, they became yeah. obsessed with pussy and looking good. And having a Maserati and having credit. They became obsessed with lifestyles of the rich and famous. They and became that's what it all ties together. That's exactly, exactly it. Exactly. But, but even the piece about Weinstein, you know, they were like, okay, you know, he was providing these young girls, but what they were more intrigued with with his was his ability to show them how to get around paying taxes. And yep. people, people always wonder how rich people don't spend their money. They don't pay themselves. They borrow. I they mean, borrow it's like, against it. Exactly. Exactly. And exactly. And, and people don't right. comprehend that. And we're sitting here talking about tax rates as if it <laughs> makes a difference. They don't care whether the tax rate is 30 or 40 percent on income because they don't they can make up whatever income they want every year. It's I, like I got friends that are like this. 
hey, man, if the government's going to spend and it creates jobs, I'm for it. And I'm like, oh, you're really not understanding the A, B, Cs of it. Now that they ship the shit out, they got you by the balls. And if you don't guarantee me a profit, I will move the fuck out. But what's happening right. now is labor so cheap that the big boys realizing it's worth bringing manufacturing back, except we got to subsidize it. Now, right. I haven't said that. You, uh, by the way, uh, where'd you go to college? Me? NYU. Yeah. NYU. What'd you study? Politics. Politics. He didn't study economics. He took the bullshit degree. He did. You know, it's like basically history. So now that you're really getting into it, bro, and now yeah. you kind of are a professor of economics, is there any way out of this? Well, I mean, this may sound like Short answer. Yes. I think we have to... to, to you have to get money out of politics. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. When you, when a, when the politics, when, when, a, when you have to run a campaign and raise half a billion dollars, you're just be, end up being bought and paid for. So wall street and billionaires, they, you know, they own the process. So of course the tax code, you're going to be able hmm, to money so out of politics. I think, I think that's the, one of the most important things. Money out of politics. Never happened. Let me think about yeah. that. Money. Out of politics. It'll never happen. Money it should, but it'll never happen. Politics. I mean, these people are all puppets, and you pointed that out in the show. <laughs> money money, money buys politics. access. That right. access uh, shapes influence. Influence determines outcome. Outcome shapes impact, and it's a vicious cycle. You and know what else is a vicious cycle is me, me trying to uh, prime Mark for a drop, like <laughs> money right. out of politics. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> sure okay when when yeah, when you wake up happen. out there they make the rules when you wake up out there okay look least i don't know some of you some of you are going to be okay you know we have we do have a generous social security system we do have medicaid and medicare and medicare's complicated <laughs> No, don't be laughing at this. Medicare's complicated, and the government makes all sorts of rules, regulations, and you don't know what they are. No. You don't. You don't know. You make a move, you're going to be penalized, right? You don't know when you're even ready and eligible for Medicare. So you want to know what you do? Yeah, I'm lost. What do I'm I do? I'm giving you a name, MediGuide. They have licensed agents at MediGuide that do nothing but Medicare all day long you call they answer you have questions they have answers they're local to southeast michigan so you can meet them face to face if you want right mm -hmm. you can also do zoom you can do it by phone i'll help you then make sure you understand your options do not fuck up sorry about that meta guide i said i said the f word older people <laughs> don't like the f word how do you know charlie yeah, they, yeah, they, they do. do yeah they do well i'm thinking the about fun the ones i'm thinking about my grandpa god god rest him but you know what? It was easier back then. You applied, you got it. Mm -hmm. It's just getting complicated. Listen. A lot, a lot of hoops. The services, if you call MediGuide or get a hold of them on the web, come at no cost to you. No cost. You pay nothing extra. So when you're turning 65, and I think you're eligible <laughs> earlier, right? I believe so, yeah. And Write this down, I, I Karen, for next year. Yeah, just... Things to do next year. No, it's not, Charlie. You write it down. That's right. I, I have it right here. 
What is what it? What is it? Uh, 888-970-2940. more inflation. Remember, it was just 800? Remember that? Oh, yeah, 1-800. Yeah, no, now it's 888. Now you need a couple of eights. Yeah. Lots of eights. This is how complicated it's getting. 888-970-2940 or go to yourmedicareguide.com for an appointment. All right. Love it. All right, dude, this is great. You got any work for me? You see how, see how great I am with those videos? Um, I'm working on it. I have a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> I've, I've heard that. Heard that. And an Emmy. He, he's impressed, Charlie. Can't you tell? I am impressed. <laughs> Well, you know, we used to write together for the New York Times back in the 90s. No, I used to give you advice on how to write better. That's true. You did. (laughs) That is true. And now look at you. I'm proud of you, son. Did you use it? Thanks, man. Get me the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we both both got out of the writing game. That's a a losing. No, but it was awesome, man. I mean, back when we were doing it, like, you know, I mean, I'm still doing it. You're still doing it. But, you know, that, that 2000s. That ninety-five to two ten, it was that was the that was the last great era. It was, it was, because there were, you know, we were sort of the only game in town, you know. They didn't have the websites as yeah, the internet ruined it. Remember Gavin yeah. McGinnis over there? Over there. Oh Vice? yeah, he you know, I used to write for Vice magazine. He was my editor. Yeah, yeah, and he used to party and he was very cool and liberal, and then he turned into a jackass proud boy <laughs> jerk off in a cup. Yeah, he would. He we would have editorial meetings at a bar in the afternoon, and he would put a line of coke on his hand in the middle of the bar and just do a line in the middle of the editorial meeting. It was, uh, it was the nineties. Well, that meeting probably <laughs> went on forever. Now he now he puts it on a pencil and jams it up his fun. ass. Yeah, there's something definitely weird going on. There's with something weird going on, man. I mean, proud, the Proud Boys. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm into dudes like fighting for the right and like saying shit's wrong, but I ain't following that asshole. I'm sorry. I kind of like him. I don't. I used to like him, and he went to the dark side. Well, it's all very psychosexual, you know, emotional with him. Basically, he got iced out. From the, the the other guys, so they went left, and he, you know, went right because he, he was no longer part of the cool gang. So it's really as simple as that, you know. Speaking of cool gang, I mean, uh, before you were doing this for Vice TV, you did Black Market, yeah. Yep. Which go ahead, Mark, you, you really love that show. It's a good show, yeah. Michael K. Williams, who we just passed away with, so you worked with him, who played Omar on on The Wire. Yep, and yep. he was in Boardwalk Empire. He's chalky. Yes, yeah, it, it was great. So what about him, dude? Did you know he's going to die of an OD? Oh, uh, man, I wish I could say it was more of a surprise, definitely. Uh, super sad. Um, he really, uh, just a super empathetic, caring person, you know, to the point of it was, you know, got it was tricky to make a, a kind of pseudo-objective TV show because he was he was so sympathetic and saw, you know, we were hanging out with. We at, at one point, we go and interview these kids that were literally Omars. They were stick-up kids who went around and stuck up drug dealers and, and underground, like, poker games. And, uh, and it was just bizarre. Like, he was just – he wanted to, like, give him a hug and be like, yo, you know, I was Omar. I was you guys – they had no idea who Omar was. <laughs> and it was, uh, 
but it was uh, it was intense because he just even these dudes who were like just talking about killing people you know for a stack of cash he could see their humanity and that's that was his greatest strength and his that's our the biggest loss i think uh and a great actor and you know what so fuck it you got high he didn't mean to die and if i might i might as well he played Omar in The Wire. That thing is streaming. You can get an HBO, wherever. Watch that series because that was written by David Simon, a former reporter for the Baltimore Sun. And it's just, it's truth. And it's, I'm, I just finished it. I watched it again. Greatest TV Ooh. show ever, in my opinion. Maybe yeah. Breaking Bad was better. But it was, uh, redolent. It, it's, ref- to, the same things are going on. That that thing that that show could be true today, and it was 15 years ago. That good. So, in memory of you know, Michael K. Michael K. I'm gonna drink this little beer right here. All right, cheers. Great actor. There's talent everywhere. There's talent at the Pulaski K through eight. If you would only help it shine through. Right now, having said that. I want to introduce this. Anthony, stay here, right? So watch this part. Karen, um, I just want to tell you happy birthday. I think what we're going to do is let this play and then go out. But That's fine. Right. And this is um, Red. Everybody knows Red. He's red. His hair's red. His skin's red. He's half white. He's half black. He's, he's black as the day is long. That's his culture. That's where he grew up. And he decided he's going on his own world tour. The guy's getting in a car and he's going to do two comedy shows a day for a month. And he headed to the Deep South. He headed to Atlanta. And he didn't feel good about it. You're a mixed person. I'm a mixed person. It's your birthday. Give us some words to live by. I mean, you've been around a couple of years. I'm joking. You're, very, you're beautiful. It doesn't matter how old. You, you do look. 32. You do. You really do. I, I look that old. No, I appreciate it, Charlie. But you know, you didn't get your hair about, done. The thing about it is, is that we just have to understand that for the most part, we all want the same thing. I mean, we want to be happy. We want to be safe. We want to be healthy. And we have to stop making the decisions made by other people as personal. You know, I mean, I can disagree with you and still like you. I don't have to disrespect you. I don't have to have disdain for you. And we have to stop making the choices of other people personal. We're really all in this together, like it, each other or not. Yeah. And I believe this. I believe we've come a long way in this country that in terms of real hate, there's very few. There's very few of us left, but you don't even know what you're doing. Most of us don't even know what we're doing. We don't even know how we're coming across. And, and just a little respect, a little time hanging out. It, it'd be much better, don't you think, Anthony? Agreed. All right. Make a better world for Karen's children, my children, Anthony's children, yours. Karen, um, I love you. Love you too, Charlie. Thank you. I want to tell my wife, Amy, I love you. Very brave. Mark. Yeah, I'm all right. Have another fucking hot dog. Please, this is 15 minutes, but it's Red called it. me up a couple of days ago and was crying. He's hurt. He's hurt. 
watch it. I guarantee you won't be bored. And having said that, try to love one another. And if you cannot, at least put up with each other. The world's yeah. getting small, right? Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anthony, my man. Don't leave. Watch this. What's up, Bishop Boy Comedian Detroit Red? Um, this week I decided for a story to share a little bit of my experience that I've had since I went to Atlanta, which as I'm making this story, I'm actually in Atlanta right now. Um, I've done a couple shows, been to a couple different places, um, had, had some decent shows. But today's story is really about my experience here in Atlanta. Right quick, a little history. Anybody in Detroit or that follows me or knows me pretty much know that I am, a, as they say, biracial, American, black and white, mixed. And that over the course of years, I've always made jokes and comments about you know, looking white and, and my brothers and sisters in my black community, some of them kind of, you know, sending me through hell pretty much my whole life, which has made me who I am today and made me the type of person that I am today because I love everybody and did not like feeling the discomfort of being a mixed individual who looks white and was raised black and thinks with a total black mindset to the most part and um, have always stood up, defended, and tried to speak out for my brothers and sisters. But after almost being on this earth for 48 years, in the last couple of days that I've been in Atlanta, and this doesn't apply to everybody here, I've gotten to experience a whole nother level of hurt with dealing with this, with the vibes and the feelings that I have received from not all, but a lot of the folks, brothers and sisters here in Atlanta. <laughs> It's not a direct thing. Nobody has directly said anything to me in a racist form or fashion. But it's a hurtful thing to know that a person truly judges you off of the skin tone and not the person in the skin. And a lot of these brothers and sisters down south have endured so much pain and hurt and oppression and, and history of racism in the country for hundreds of years that I felt and experienced what a lot of them truly think and feel towards white people. And it hurt. 
because I love everybody. And I take up for right and wrong. And the reason I'm sharing this is because I think that people need to understand that pain is pain. When you hurt a person, even though it's based off of good reason, you may think, you're not solving nothing. You're just causing more pain. Now, earlier I talked to a couple of my friends and my family, and, and, and I, it brought me to tears to feel that type of dislike. Uh, odd man out. Based off of my skin color. Based off of thinking that because of my skin color, my life is any easier and any better. When it's really not. You know, black people, white people talk about racism in this country. And it's always predicated on skin color. But none of y'all know what it is to live in my skin. See, because a person is who they raised to be, not what they look like. And to have the love that I do for people and to feel this type of pain after 48 years of being the type of person I am. It has really touched me to make me realize that we as a country are not progressing. All my life I've fought every day to win everybody's love because all my life every day I've had to fight to find where I fit in. And in Atlanta, these last couple of days, I felt this is the biggest fight I've ever had trying to fit in with people I most identify with because I had a skin tone of people that they don't identify with or like. And I am mixed. I grew up black. I can't tell you too much about being white because I don't know. But they ain't even talking to me long enough to find that out. A server literally ignored me the entire night. And I was the first person there for the show. I even went on stage and made comments and jokes about it to try to laugh it off. And it was so bad that even the other tables, who probably thought I was just some white guy, in their bar, took notice. And it couldn't have been for no other reason then. She thought I was a white person. She don't like white people. 
So therefore, fuck who I am. Treat me however. And if this is the course we're going to take as people, even with all the evolving of the time, we're never going to solve this shit. We're never going to get rid of it. No matter what you say or feel about why it's good reason, it still don't solve nothing. To hate a person without even knowing who they are. To dislike a person. To give a person indifferent treatment based off of a look. Don't solve nothing. Being racist to answer racism doesn't stop racism. I have empathy. I understand why the anger is there. I understand why you may think you right to feel that way or be that way. But the reality is, is one day we all leave and our kids and our grandkids have to live in this world. And is this the kind of pain we're going to continue to cause each other? Ain't shit going to change. We leaving our kids and our grandkids a fucked up world. And I don't give a fuck what color you are. White, black, Dominican, Haitian, Jamaican, Asian, Italian, Greek. It don't fucking matter. Skin is nothing but a fucking... Covering keeps the rest of the shit in that keeps you alive. It's about being the, the person. It's about the people in the skin. And again, I'm going to say, I haven't felt that from everybody. But a large part of the venues and places I've been thus far... I felt it with 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 uh, out a blast. <laughs> the shit cut through me like a butter knife. It hurts. So to those that have practiced racism, white folks and black folks alike, it's people like me out here who had no control over who they were birthed by what person or peoples decided to love each other and bring a child in this world. And and what genetic traits I picked up from who. Had no decision, no choice in that. Just like none of you do. But what we do have a decision and choice in is how we going to treat each other. Are we going to continue to hurt each other? Because I have never been this hurt in my life. And I know it comes from a bigger problem. It's not about me. It's about us. And after all this time, where some people still are, it's not progressing us. 
It's not going to do nothing for us. Whether it's social, economical, uh, political, this shit got to stop. We have problems that we really need to address. The pain is way deeper than people really want to admit to on both sides. There are wrongs that need to be righted. And there are wrongs that need to be stopped in answer to the wrongs that need to be righted. Because it's not going to ever get right if we don't stop all the wrongs. Even if you don't intend to or mean to. Racism, oppression, hate, all that is a love killer. And I'm not going to let my love for the world and people be killed by one of the oldest enemies of humanity. Because there's a lack of understanding. And that's racism. Oh, I hurt, but I'm strong. I will continue to stay here for the next two weeks and hit every stage and microphone that I said I was. Hopefully, before it's over with and I leave from this part of our great nation, I'll be able to show some people who may not know on both sides. That I'm a product of love from two people on each side. So there's no need to hate me because of what you think I am. Take a minute to find out where your love really comes from. White, black, purple, green, or orange. Love has no color. And if we start looking through that perspective and see a person for the love they can give, then maybe we can get past the dumb shit we choose to hate and be racist towards each other. Oh. My name Comedian Detroit Red, and I love each and every human being that walks this earth for the people they are. Not the skin uniform that they wear. And hopefully, after some of y'all hear this, if you have had those thoughts and moved through your life like this, hopefully, you'll think a little different. Because nobody deserves to be in pain. Because of the skin color they wear. This is your boy comedian Detroit Red. Reporting from Atlanta. NBN News. Love y'all. Deuces. Operator. Oh, could you help me place this car? See the number on the matchbook is old and faded. She's living in LA.
best old friend Ray. Gosh, you said you knew well and sometimes hated. So fucked up. I'll really get you right after the program. Thank you for your time. Karen oh, is, you're smart as a dime. You are gorgeous. I mean, that's shallow, but you are. It's true. Isn't that the way they say it goes? Well, let's forget all that. Love one another. 